And welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and today um, I'm very excited to have on the show live, uh, we actually sort of repeated the show with him last week just to kind of make it more of a two-part uh, series with Adrian Lowe. Um, so we repeated an, an interview that we did last year with him last week, and this week he is uh, with us live. So uh, Adrian, just a quick background on him. He attended the University of Stellenbosch in Cape Town, South Africa, where he graduated from an extensive physiotherapy program, including stringent manual therapy-based training. He is an adjunct adjunct faculty member at Rockhurst University in Kansas City, where he teaches spinal manipulative therapy. He maintains a clinical practice and is co-owner, part-time clinician, and spine specialist at the Ortho Spine and Pain Clinic in Story City, Iowa. And he's been teaching postgraduate spinal manual therapy and pain science classes throughout the U.S. and internationally for over 15 years. He completed graduate certificate in research methodology from the University of South Australia, followed by his master's degree in research into spinal surgery rehabilitation at his alma mater, alma mater, Stellenbosch University. He's a certified manual therapist through the International Spine and Pain Institute, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in, uh, during the show later in the show, and he is now in the final stages of his PhD, focusing on therapeutic neuroscience education and spinal disorders. So, Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time out and coming back on the show today. You're welcome. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about um, central sensitization, and when I had first sent Adrian an email about this I, and some possibilities of how we wanted to structure the show, I said, oh, you know, we'll just keep it simple. And then I thought, there's nothing in any way, shape, or form sim- simple about any of this. Am I right? Absolutely. It is very complex and a lot of different views about it. And, um, yeah, we're, we're almost simplifying it today. But, um, yeah, it's very complex, very complex. Right. So let's start out with just the definition of or how you define, how you know what central sensitization is. Because I feel like there's... I should back up a moment. The reason why I really wanted to do a show on central sensitization is because I feel like there's a lot of confusion um, about central sensitization within the therapy world and and, prob- and I'm sure outside of the therapy world, just in the medical community as a whole. Um, and so I just wanted people to get a little better understanding as to what central sensitization is, how it's diagnosed, treated, outcome measures, all that stuff. So, Adrian, would you agree that there's a lot of kind of confusion and maybe, you know, misinformation out there? Absolutely. I, I think different different professions look at it differently. And um, even within the science world, there's a lot of different views about it. And um, it, it's a good topic. I think we all should get a good understanding of how we currently see it from the neuroscience world, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that takes to the first question is, how do you define central sensitization? Just, we'll start easy. Um, yeah, I think, Karen, the easiest way to describe it is um, after persistent input from tissues, when tissues send nociceptive information, primarily A fibers, C fibers, when it sends it to the central nervous system, the central nervous system amplifies its sensitization. It, it, it becomes hypersensitive mm. to information from primarily the tissues, it, uh, more complex, but the, basically the central nervous system wakes up and becomes more sensitive than usual. Okay. And just so people know, when, when you say nociceptive input, can you define that quickly? Sure. 
when you when you sprain your ankle, um, you, the information from your ankle has to go to your brain. We we always joke and say no brain, no pain. Right. And so your ankle has to send information, and that is the, the information that your tissues send is nociception. Um, we use different nerve fibers. We have A fibers and C fibers. And so when you sprain your ankle, your A um, delta fibers, which are your fast ones, mm-hmm. like, and I always tell my students, remember, delta is an airline, so they go fast. So A delta goes fast. And they send information to the spinal cord, and the spinal cord sends it onto the brain to basically make sure you don't run on that ankle, take immediate care of it. And then C fibers will fire right after it, and they will constantly feed the central nervous system with information. We, 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 we call them nociceptive information, but it's, it's basically in a simplistic patient language, danger. Mm-hmm. It screams at the spinal cord, danger, danger, here's a problem down here. And this makes sure that you don't, don't run on the ankle, you walk funny, you, you, you take weight off the ankle, don't run the New York City Marathon mm-hmm. tomorrow. So it tells you stuff. And that information gets fired into the spinal cord. And the interesting thing is, it's not just that. I mean, as you're sitting on your chair right now, various tissues are sending you information as the collar at the back of your shirt touches your neck. You constantly get no susception or information from your tissues. Some of it just has, will be blocked and said, well, we don't need to know about that. But some of it will be passed on to the brain to be, de- to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And in the traditional injury models, when that information comes in and it's very urgent, it'll be passed on to the brain. And that's what we often refer to as that nociceptive information to the spinal cord, which then sends it on to the brain. Right. And I think it's important to know that these are sort of messages that come to the brain, not specifically pain messages. Yes. And- yeah, we, we, you know, we constantly say you, you don't really have pain fibers in the body. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds very odd, but the only thing an ankle can really tell the spinal cord is there's a, there's a problem, there's danger. The brain decides if it's pain, yes or no. And, and the easy example we always tell people is if you roll your ankle, most of us will agree that will be, you, know, you have a painful experience and drop down, grab your ankle and say, well, was me, I sprained my ankle. But if you cross a busy street and a bus comes towards you and you sprain your ankle, the ankle won't hurt because there's a bigger threat, and that's the bus. And so if, if the ankle was sending pain messages, you would be very aware of your ankle, probably not see the bus fall down. And so, so we have basically no susception. It's, it's not pain. The right. same thing, our eyes contain light receptors, and we see with our brain. Mm-hmm. The ears contain vibration receptors, and it, the brain turns it into vision, sound. And in this case, also, it can turn it into pain, yes or no. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that's an important distinction to make because I think even though, you know, all of this pain information is out there, I think people still equate nociception with pain or they yeah. equate, you know, oh, the, this, the torn tissue is telling my brain that it's in pain yes. or that the tissue is responsible for the pain when in fact it's the brain taking all of that information and processing it and seeing if it's, uh, I'll quote Lorimer Mosley here, I just saw him like two weeks ago, when it's biologically advantageous for your body to have yes. pain, the brain will have that output of pain. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, yeah, Karen, I truly believe if, if therapists can just get their patient to understand that nociception and pain is two different things, mm-hmm. Um, I think you are well on your way for them to understand pain better. It is, it is a day and night shift. Yeah. We have been indoctrinated that tissue injury equals pain and pain equals tissue injury. And that, is, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, you know, I think it's a tough barrier to break down, but there are so many resources available to us. And, and I'd like to talk about that 
towards the end of the show some of the resources that you have on your website or that's on the um, International Spine and Pain Institute website I think are great and we'll get to those later. Sure. Um, okay, so someone is has sort of a painful experience. It goes in when there's central sensitization that experience is amplified? Yes. Um, you know, we, we always say in mathematics, one plus one equals two, and mm-hmm. that, I hope that's correct. Mm-hmm. But um, in, the, in the neuroscience world with central sensitization, one plus one equals possibly 20. Mm. Um, you may get one impulse firing into the spinal cord, but the central nervous system is so sensitized. It's, it's opened up the pathways. There are changes in plasticity. And what happens is whatever comes in gets magnified. And people often ask us why that happens. Yeah. And in the, easy world, in the easy word would be the word of survival. Your brain is so concerned about you that it will take whatever comes in and magnify it. Um, we equate it to the CEO at a company that when a report comes from a department that, and he's worried about the department, he will very carefully analyze it, in, in, in essence put a magnifying glass on the piece of paper, on the report, and really look at it. And that's in essence what the brain does through central sensitization. Um, it's a very complex process, and, and you know, I would strongly encourage the readers, oh, sorry, your, your audience to mm-hmm. read papers by people like Clifford Wolf and Patrick Wall that describe this incredible pl- process where whatever information comes in gets um, ap- gets amplified, um, uh, increased uh, to, the, the, to the brain. And as a patient um, one day told us basically, so the pain that I feel isn't really the pain I've got. And it, and it makes sense because it gets amplified way above the means. Mm-hmm. In my um, Maitland training years ago, basically in this case a grade one technique, which is a very simple, nice, gentle, easy little technique, now is being perceived as an enormous amount of pressure and be mm-hmm. way beyond that what they can tolerate. Mm-hmm. And the therapist gets concerned because he's, he's, he's worried, what, what is going on? This doesn't make sense. Um, the patient doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so this is what happens in sensitization. The system just becomes incredibly sensitive um, over time. And is there sort of a time frame frame from, let's say, you have a, a painful event, you have an injury. Is there a, a time frame where someone develops central sensitization? It, you know what I mean? Is there... Yes. So, yeah. Um, we, you know, Karen, originally we said, yes, that it's time. Most people in, the, in your listening audience would think that, sure, it, it, the longer the, the input comes to the central nervous system, the, mm-hmm. light, the bigger the chance you'll get central sensitivity. And that's yeah. correct, but it's not correct. We now have evidence that there are some conditions that develop an instantaneous central sensitization. The two most common ones that people see in the literature would be things like lightning strikes and electrocution, where the nervous system gets a massive jolt into it. Sure. And most of, you, most of the audience will say, well, I don't treat those and I'm okay. The one that concerns us, and it's coming from Queensland, from the research team, from uh, Michelle Sterling and Dr. Gwen Joel's research team, we know whiplash right now, uh, in whiplash-associated mm-hmm. disorders, the jolt to the nervous system is so overwhelming mm-hmm. that some people sensitize within the first seven days of a motor vehicle accident. Wow. And for me, it's, it's very interesting because I was taught early on by um, people that, that influenced me, like David Butler and, mm-hmm. and Laura Mosley, that um, the system, it takes a while. The, the constant barrage over time, the system will wake up. But there's now newer evidence that says it can happen very quick. And it depends on how stressful that environment may be at the time. Mm-hmm. So w- would it... So, for example, um, when I saw Lorimer a couple of weeks ago, he showed us a video, you've probably seen this video yourself, yeah. of this woman being pulled off of a deck, pulled yeah. off of a, 
I don't know, a deck by a, what is it, uh, like a parasailing? Yeah, it's like a parasail ski. Right, right. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he did eventually treat that woman, which is wild. But yes. um, th- something that he mentioned was that when she was getting ready to do this parasailing, she was so nervous yes. and so tense ahead of time yes. that could that sort of contribute to that central sensitization? Yeah, we, we, we think right now that there's a little quote that I was told early in my career, and we still put it out, and there's some research that backed this, that if you damage any tissue mm-hmm. in a very high-stress environment, and it's referred to in the neuroscience world as an adrenosensitive environment, lots of adrenaline, mm-hmm. uh, your chance of chronic pain increases seven to eight-fold. Wow. And so we encourage clinicians to often think, sure, you know, um, Frank walks in your clinic with an ankle sprain, but what was going on around the ankle mm. sprain? Um, we know this can drive it. So scenarios like car accidents, mm-hmm. work, um, uh, um, uh, um, injuries, enduring stress times like war, mm-hmm. it, it amplifies it significantly. And, and it comes down to kind of what Lorimer would say, and that is you, it's basically this organism trying to stay alive in this yeah. thing we call life. Yeah. And when it gets insulted with an enormous amount of stress, it wakes up suddenly. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happens in the central sensitization process. Um, for us. And so the environment is vitally important. Right. Um, and surgery is an example. We know the system ramps up drastically before surgery. Sure. Um, you know, and so it makes a lot of sense for us. So, yes, I, I strongly think therapists should think about it because I was never taught to think if somebody comes in with back pain, is the back pain the same at work as the back pain at home? Mm. Is back pain the same that when the New York Jets win or when they lose? It, right. it changes. The environment strongly modulates us. And, you know, people like Louis Gifford told us this years ago, and it is very powerful. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I strongly agree with Lorimer there. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're going to take a break in a second, but I just wanted to kind of, uh, you know, as you were saying that, it really, to me as a treating clinician, how important it is to do a really thorough interview and really ask those questions, like you said, does it hurt more at work or at home, and what kind of environment were you in when you were injured? And I think that's something that that a lot of people need to incorporate into their interview process when they're first evaluating the patient. Absolutely. I, I, just be careful because you may be stoned by the traditionalists because in the old school of manual therapy, we never ask you, when you hurt your back, what was your life like? There's a mm. shift in how mm-hmm. we see pain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's important. Okay, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, we'll talk more about kind of symptoms and, and uh, things like that of central sensitization. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you need a business plan that can guide your company's growth? Covenant 7 will help bring the changes you need. We are small business consultants and we pay attention to the details you may miss. Our coaching and consulting services are guaranteed to lead to right growth for your business. Call us at 917-833-4860 for a no-obligation free consultation. Check out our website at www.covenant7.com. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, 
for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neosage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. And welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, and I'm joined today by Adrian Lowe. He's a physical therapist and educator uh, in uh, Iowa, Kansas City. Um, so today we're talking about central sensitization, and we got a good definition in the last segment. Um, but Adrian, I had one quick follow-up. Uh, sort of to the definition. And I know that uh, you were saying how, you know, the central sensitization is almost like survival instinct, I guess. But is it like survival instinct overdrive? Is, you know, because when you, when your system is so ramped up, like, does it need to be? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, wow, that's that's probably a question you have to ask for every single person that has pain. Is it is it really important? Yeah. Um, the the brain has to answer that question. It's it's yes. hard. Um, for us as clinicians, I think it's it's easy for us to think that it's overcompensating. It's mm-hmm. too sensitive, and and we agree with that. I think we can see that. Um, but but again, I think in that way, I'm trying to t- almost tell a patient what to feel, mm. or the or the person or the brain what to feel, and I think that's that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, um, yeah, I think we can explain to people sensitivity, but I think we got to be careful telling them that that it's that it's it's. Um, you if, if it's too much, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I can make that judgment, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's fair for me for a patient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, that's something I was just kind of thinking about. Okay, um, and we actually, I actually had a question um, from Twitter, but we answered it in the last section. It was a question from from Murat, and he's actually tweeted in from um, Dubai. I believe. Oh. Yes. Yes. He's in, um, nope, Abu Dhabi. Sorry, in Abu Dhabi. And his question was, um, when does central sensitization start? But I think that we kind of answered that in the last... It starts instantly, yeah. Yeah. It starts instantly. If you sprain your ankle right now, Mm -hmm. there will be changes in the dorsal horn of the spinal cord, and it will reverse if if everything recovers and the Mm -hmm. swelling goes down the inflammation. Mm -hmm. But I was taught early on central sensitivity starts instantly, Mm -hmm. and most of it gets reversed, and some people it doesn't, and Mm -hmm. it just stays there. Why? Um, Why is it, it some people it stays and some people it goes? Um, wow. <laughs> and again, I feel like that's a question. <laughs> I feel like, though, that's a question that's, that's almost that's, impossible to answer. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, speculation. And again, uh, people like Clifford Wolf should probably answer this. But mm-hmm. um, why does it stay? There's a lot of factors. I think, first of all, if the tissues are still being harmed, 
Um, we still constantly get nociception. Um, you keep running on the ankle, keep walking on the ankle, mm-hmm. keep twisting the back because inflammation will wake it up. Um, so that's one. Um, number two okay. is uh, we have not discussed what the emotional part of it does. Fear, anxiety, stress mm. um, drives the system. Thoughts are nerve impulses. I mean, yep. you, you do drive it for, by a thought. There seems to be p- potentially some genetic link to this as well, mm. Karen, that some people are more predestined to develop it. Um, mm-hmm. don't, I, I'd almost say people shouldn't quote me on that one, but that's what some of the writings are showing, that that's what they're looking. This is kind of the magic bullet. Um, environment, um, persistent, no, nociceptive input, so many things can determine yeah, this. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, I guess genetics, I mean, everything is dependent on genetics, right? I mean, if yeah, it's your human yeah, body, the, the I mean... The research that we're looking at, uh, and again, a very simplistic way, is the ion channel research. We know ion Mm. channels Mm -hmm. have a genetic coding to them, and Mm -hmm. part of the central sensitivity that occurs in the dorsal horn is ion channel driven. Mm -hmm. Um, There are changes in ion channel expression. Some of the ion channels, the receptors that that pass information on, will stay open longer, and this is genetically coded. Some of it is by environmental coding, et cetera, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so let's go now to what are some common symptoms? So someone comes into your, the patient comes into your clinic, you sit down, you talk to them, you start doing your evaluation. What are some things that are going to cue you to think, hmm, boy, this might, this person, you know, yeah. Maybe centrally sensitized. Well, I, I, I would like to answer two ways. Um, the first one is it's simple. It's been studied and it's documented very well. Mm-hmm. Um, people are referred to the paper by Keith Smart in the UK. Um, they've, they've studied this and they have come up with a cluster of signs and symptoms that if people meet these clusters of signs and symptoms, um, his statistical analysis says you're about a 486 times more likely to have central sensitivity. And it's and, and these are there are four of them, by the way. One is disproportionate pain, mm-hmm. where um, in, in a very simple model, you, you push very gently on somebody and they have severe pain. Mm-hmm. You push hard on them, they have even more pain. It, it doesn't make sense. Light touch really hurts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's disproportionate. The second one is where we have disproportionate aggravating and easing factors. And in a simple clinical model, everything hurts. Mm. Flexion hurts, extension hurts, side bend hurts, rotation hurts, everything hurts. It doesn't sound like a typical jointy kind of a thing. And then we have diffuse palpation tenderness. Um, you have you have a patient with neck pain, thoracic pain, but when you start palpating around the low back, the hips, the legs, they're sensitive there too. Um, it's been shown that these patients develop widespread sensitivity. And so in a neck patient, you palpate the ankle, the tibial nerve around the ankle, and they're super sensitive. Mm. Um, and then there's all various psychosocial issues, um, depression, anxiety, et cetera, associated with it. Um, for me, clinically though, Karen, I think, I think that for me the thing is, when a patient walks in, and my first thought is, you know, this should be better. Mm-hmm. Um, we are so indoctrinated with stages of the healing. We know an ankle sprain takes a few weeks. And if somebody walks in and says, you know what, my ankle hurts, and you ask them, well, when did it happen? And they say, well, 1945. <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Right, right. At least not for me. Maybe I'm, I'm a little behind on that. But it doesn't make sense. And immediately I start thinking, wait a minute, we know the tissues heal. They recover to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, you know, it, there's more to these. You know, the pain starts spreading. They're hypersensitive to various stimuli, specifically things that we were not taught in school. It, it, things that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like the patterns we were taught in school. Mm-hmm. Then, the, then, then, then your suspicion increases. You know, no matter where you poke their sore, the pain spreads. The, thought, the thoughts and feelings and emotions drive their pain. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a more widespread sensitization. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that, and you know, you know what's interesting is I feel like years ago, let's say 15 years ago or so, um, I feel like doctors and therapists would have felt that these people were making it up. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Where if someone Absolutely. came in with neck pain, because I remember there was like some sort of test for if someone was a, mal- I can yeah. never say that word, maligniner, malignant, <laughs> mal- yeah. whatever, um, that if, you know, they were just lying down on their back and you dorsiflex their foot and they had all this pain, oh, they're lying. Yeah, we, um, I mean, there's those malingering and, um, you know, we had the Waddell signs, which I have to defend Gordon Waddell. Um, that was not what it was intended for. Mm-hmm. It was taken way out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you bring it up because um, I had a very surreal experience actually in New York City with David Butler. Um, David was my mentor for years, mm-hmm. and I remember walking down, I think it was Fifth Avenue with him one night and asking him, you know, hey, Dave, how do you know if people's lying to you? Mm-hmm. Which is really the question people ask me at weekends classes. Sure. And, you know, he, he, he profoundly turned to me and he said, it's not your job. And mm-hmm. what a horrible experience. If, you, if The only thing that you do when you go to work is to figure out who's lying to you. Yeah. Um, you know, Karen, the more I've done, the more research we're doing in this world of neuroscience and the more I learn about what the brain does, the more I believe my patients. And I feel so bad about the people that for years I thought, you know, it's in your head, there's something wrong with you, you can get a mm-hmm. psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to warn therapists early on, you know what? Um, if you're going to be wrong, be wrong on the good side. Mm-hmm. For every one person that may be, you know, really, if you want to, for a lack of a better term, lying to you, um, there are many other ones that are falsely accused in clinical practice. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I myself have a very strong manual therapy background, and I, absolutely, it, this didn't make sense. And so it was always the patient's fault. And, I, and I'm so sorry, and I almost want to use this opportunity to say sorry to the people. Mm. How sad. And, and, and yeah, the, the more we learn about how nerves work in the system, a lot of this makes sense, and we can explain it from the neuroscience mm-hmm. world. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have a, a patient now who has a lo- everything that you've just said um, as far as central sensitization is concerned. And he came to me the other day and said, well, my parents think I'm, that I'm crazy, and that, you know, I am like certifiably need to go to physicians and I need medication and that I'm crazy. Yeah, and, it's and that's really hard to and, and, you know, and I've been explaining as like referring referring him actually to, you know, body and mind and noi sure. and, to, and to your site as well and giving him all the reading materials that I can give to him um, to try and say like you know I, maybe you're not yeah sure enough um, it's, it's not my diagnosis to, to say but sure and i think we still need to screen people accordingly i mean yeah. if we give somebody a zoom depression scale and they're off the charts mm-hmm. we have cutoff points which these people need um, additional care and sure. we want to make sure we mention that um and and it's a skilled clinician that can figure that out just like mm-hmm. we are trained to pick up red flags mm-hmm. um so we need to be careful there are uh, you know a third one third of chronic pain patients have some form of abuse in their life mm-hmm. be it physically emotionally mm-hmm. sexual abuse and so we need to carefully screen people no doubt about it these, yeah. these these people are very heavily affected but 
there is uh, there is a lot of the stigma out there that yeah they just made it up they mm-hmm. just something wrong in their head mm-hmm. and what we have found in the research if you explain this to them as we had a last interview you and I had mm-hmm. and they understand it which is the concept behind the explain pain work that was done mm-hmm. um, and they get it um, they do so much better yeah 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 and and you know w- after all of this explaining just as a quick side note we're gonna um, take a break but. Um, I sort of gave him the the book that you did, the, you know, Why Do We Hurt book, and, and you know, giving him all this stuff. Well, needless to say, now a good majority of his pain is gone, which yeah. is great, you know. Absolutely. But, you know, I think sometimes that perhaps the education, and this is a whole other, a whole other <laughs> talk, but needs to obviously go beyond the patient. You know, but anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about what exactly the role of the PT is in kind of the treatment of of people with central sensitization. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hi, I'm Austin Marola. And I'm Sloan Wainwright. We're the hosts of the new Thursday morning show, The Music Power, Power Hour. Hour, at 11 a.m. We're going to have fun. And shine the light on all aspects of music. And its limitless healing possibilities. We're going to invite artists to share their songs and play live. We'll be listening and talking about great music from yesterday to today. So you're invited to share in our musical conversation. Your ears will be delighted with the sound of music. And our voices. Join Austin and Sloan live Thursdays at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by physical therapist, educator, researcher, Adrian Lowe, and we're talking about central sensitization. So we talked about some common symptoms, talked about what it is. Now let's talk about what is the role of the physical therapist in the treatment of those with central sensitization. So I'll leave it Um, to you. I think, Karen, um, you know, therapy plays an enormously important role. Um, Patrick Wall, who is probably the biggest pain scientist on this planet, has mm-hmm. always said physical therapy may be one of the ideal professions to take on pain. 
And so when we talk about treating people in central sensitivity, um, we have to think about people that are too afraid to move. They're too sensitive to move. And our, our we, we treat faulty human movement, for a lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so... When we talk about treatment for these patients, um, there is a very definite role from the tissue perspective. We've got to get the tissues healthier, mm-hmm. um, more well-nourished circulation, blood flow, which is really what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and that is a traditional model. And, so, and, and I want the audience to hear the word. We've got to make the tissues healthier. Um, they're not broken. They're not injured. They're not damaged. They've healed. Mm-hmm. They're just they're weak. They're sore. They're tired. They're sensitive. And so from a typical therapy point of view, you're talking about things like aerobic exercise, mm-hmm. which is gold-level evidence right now for conditions like fibromyalgia. It, it flushes the system. It removes adrenaline, cortisol, some of these stress chemicals out of mm-hmm. the system, mm-hmm. which actually wakes up those nociceptive fibers we talked about. Um, you know, a little bit of tape on a shoulder that pulls the shoulder slightly back to take load off some of the sensitive nerves, mm-hmm. those would help. An orthotic. The t- I, I want therapists to know that the stuff we do work. They may work just for different reasons. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the main things, um, you know, you can look at. But coming back to what we talked before, I think the most critical thing a therapist can do when it comes to central sensitivity is to go for the brain mm-hmm. so people can understand more about their pain um, because that's going to be the critical part for movement. Right. And I think, you know, some therapists, their first instinct is to go in and, like, massage through those tissues. or yeah. And from what, what I've seen is that it can make the patient a little worse i don't want to and i don't want to use the word worse it, it, but no, can it, ma- it will I, I, do you know I what i mean like that's it. that's not the right word well what we may find is if you have somebody and you come do something to the tissues they may feel a little bit better right there but uh-huh. they will often get worse afterwards or they have these latent periods of flare right because what happens is you you, you if you work on those tissues with soft tissue or manual therapy whatever you do mm-hmm. you're giving input to the system but remember that input gets magnified and mm-hmm. amplified and the nervous system is a very tricky thing it doesn't hurt when you're there right in the clinic it'll hurt this afternoon or tomorrow or tonight mm-hmm. and it flares and these patients go through these flares up they go up and down the boom bust cycle we just refer to so um, no, tissues that are, that are super sensitive will feed the brain. And if the brain doesn't understand it, we go back to Lorimer Mosley, if the brain doesn't understand it, it's going to produce pain. Mm-hmm. Pain protects. Right. And so um, we're strongly, actually, I would encourage therapists that, you know, we talk about a top-down effect and a bottom-up. Mm-hmm. The bottom-up effect is what we do from the tissues towards the brain. Mm-hmm. The top-down is from the brain down, and, and you really need to start with the brain. Mm-hmm. So when you do soft tissue and that, it, that message ends up towards the brain and the brain understands it, it will not amplify it. It will actually say, we're going to be okay. Let's calm you down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, that, that the most important thing is going to be to turn on the brain part of it. Um, so I do think we've got to be careful. We've got to probably think about all the manual stuff we do, and it's, it's very good, but put it in the right context for right. the brain before we do those. Right, right. Yeah. And is there evidence, any evidence... Um on the use of motor imagery, like the G, the graded motor imagery, I know there's no, you know, I, I, from what from my understanding is it's sort of known to work for, you know, phantom limb pain and um, oh my god, CRPS. CRPS. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, why am I drawing a blank on this? I should not be. Um, but is there any 
evidence or maybe even any studies going on in people with central sensitization to see if this is something that can have a positive effect on them? Well, um, <laughs> again, we can have a discussion. It depends what you think central sensitization, uh, sorry, what, what CRPS is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Larimer has, has taught us that CRPS is, is, is a lot of changes in the brain, mm-hmm. and along with that comes central sensitization. Mm-hmm. If the hand looks bigger and it's more swollen and we get this incredible afferent barrage into the system, mm-hmm. um, I view CRPS, and there's quite a bit of research to back this, that, yes, CRPS has a very strong component in the brain, and that's absolutely true, and I, mm-hmm. I would uh, say mm-hmm. that. But there are significant changes also in the dorsal horn and spinal cord, which is per definition central sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And so, anecdotally, I could probably make the case for the yes, for, CR, for for patients with central sensitization, techniques that can retrain the brain, mm-hmm. can retrain the brain via tissues, so, um, things like sensory discrimination, mm-hmm. um, lateral, lateral, laterality retraining. The, the bottom line is in central sensitivity, the central nervous system is ramped up. Mm-hmm. And we, if you can downregulate that through those techniques, mm-hmm. uh, it would make sense. But mm-hmm. I could not quote you a paper and say, well, you know, right. central sensitivity, this works. But yeah. um, anecdotally, clinically, absolutely. I've no doubt, I've no doubt that mm-hmm. it would work for these patients. Mm-hmm. We just, I think the research is just, we just have to get there. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, you know, it's, it's from a therapy standpoint and from a therapist standpoint, um, these patients can be frustrating. <laughs> yes. You know, absolutely. because you want to do your best and you want to do, you want them to feel better. You know, it's almost like you're willing them to feel better yep. and willing them to not have their pain. So sometimes I feel like, and I've heard this from therapists, like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. The, um, I truly believe this is the most challenging patient population a therapist can deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the problem is, I think a therapist walks in the room and the first thing is you've got your guard up because you have no idea what to do. Right. Which says a lot about our educational models. Mm-hmm. Um, our students come out of PT school right now and have no idea what to do with these patients. Mm-hmm. And and as I always tell um, people at courses, I mean, uh, chronic pain is eating our therapists alive. Mm-hmm. And so by the time you walk in, you have no idea what to do. It's interesting because I think if you understand how this works uh, as a therapist, mm-hmm. um, you calm down, which calms the whole scenario down. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's, Karen, you've done this too, and you're a very good clinician, but, you know, you just ask the patient some very simple questions. And, it, and my favorite clinical question would be for a patient like this is, what do you think is going on? Mm-hmm. It just immediately tells them what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. And they may jump immediately to, well, you, have you seen my MRI? I have a bulging disc. Right. Well, then let's talk about that and right. then see if we're going to have some good dialogue. And right. um, they, may be bl- they may be blatant honest with you and say, I have no idea. And say, well, let's yeah. talk about it. And, and that's how people like Lorimer Mosley started. That's how Louis Gifford started, uh-huh. by just simply sitting and talking to their patients, explaining things. And, you know, this sounds so simple, 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 but we've got study upon study, scan upon scan yeah. to show you that the system dampens drastically down. And then just imagine on top of that, you do this incredible movement-based thing that we do called man- manual therapy, yeah. soft tissue, aquatic therapy. It, it really works. It mm-hmm. just, um, but it starts with the brain. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, and, and, you know, the, a patient that, I, that I'm currently treating who has a lot of these symptoms, when I first saw him, I said, and I, I said, you know, kind of what, what, what's going on? What do you think's happening? And he's like, I think it's something to do with my nervous system. 
And I was like, wow. Beautiful. I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) It made it so much easier to to explain to him, you know, versus him saying, well, you know, I have thoracic outlet syndrome. Yeah. Well, all right. And then you have to, it does make it a lot harder to kind of break through some of that cognitive dissonance within the, within the patient. Cognitions drive pain. And, and, yeah. and, and we are so afraid because we have been taught that cognitions is psychotherapy, mm-hmm. um, not physical therapy. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I cannot say it enough that if somebody cannot move and function because they, don't, they, they have some problems with the way they think, that is still therapy. Because if mm-hmm. I change how you think and you move better... Mm-hmm. I am still working within the parameter we call physical therapy, mm-hmm. um, and, and it makes a lot of sense, or occupational therapy for that matter. The point yeah. is just um, thoughts are very powerful, and we've all done it, uh, willingly or unwillingly. Every person listening to you right now, at some point somewhere, told the patient something inadvertently. Mm-hmm. They came back two days later and said, I feel so much better, and you sit there and say, what the heck did I do? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you, did, you maybe said the most powerful word in medicine, and that is, you're going to be okay. Mm. And they get it. They understand. Like, okay, I'm going to be okay. The therapist explained this or, or told me that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and I know it seems, again, it seems so silly, but it is so powerful. And I don't know why we're afraid of this. Yeah. Why are we so afraid of going into the brain and thoughts and cognitions? And I'm not telling therapists to sell their plinth and buy a couch. That's not what we're right. doing here. Right, right, right. It is ten times more powerful when you do it while your hands are on them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I cannot say that enough because therapists often think we're telling them, you know, sell your clinic and just go sit on the couch. That's not it. It's, it's more mm-hmm. powerful than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, the last time um, I interviewed you, you had said something which I have probably repeated on this show several times and I've said to patients and to other therapists and and you said if someone comes in with debilitating back pain and they can't move because they have a hypomobile L4 you know you're going to mobilize that and they'll move better if they come in and they have debilitating low back pain because they're so scared to move they can't move you're going to explain to them what's going on and explain to and and work through that with the patient so that they can move yes and I thought that that was brilliant and I, I sort of use that all the time with patients and, and other therapists to try and get them to understand that, you know, you have to explain this stuff to patients, that it's not just all about kind of muscling through and using your manual therapy <laughs> skills, which are necessary. Yes. But I think it's always a good place to start. Like, if someone's in pain, isn't it a good idea to treat the pain? Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I, you you know, know, we don't we don't understand it when people come in our clinics with pain. Therapists are teaching them about anatomy. It's like taking your Ford to a Chevy dealer. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you've got pain, we need to learn about pain. We've done research. We've asked people in pain. Yeah. Um, what do you want from us? And you know what they say? Please tell us what's going on about yeah. pain. Yeah. And and um, I, unfortunately, just I think we as therapists need to learn more about pain, how it works. So we can help people in pain, yes. Yes, and, and on that note, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about um, any outcome measures there are with this kind of stuff. And I also want to talk a little bit also about um, the International Spine and Pain Institute. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I'm your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by Adrian Lowe, physical therapist, educator, researcher. And Adrian, I have to say this, as you know, we're sort of talking about education and t- working with the brain. I um, just got an email from a patient uh, th- that I'm going to be seeing, and he emailed me two pictures. One was... I'm not quite sure. I, there are two pictures. One is, and all they show is a nerve, the pelvis, and the leg. That's it. Just like the bones and a nerve. And he's like, it's one of these two nerves. <laughs> oh, that's classic. <sighs> yeah, they, they all, you know, it's funny because we're, we're always saying patients, they're looking for the magic tissue. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we're very nervous when we teach people about the nervous system that, that therapists default and say, well, this is now the new magic tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, for years it was a disc, and, it was a, and it's, it's more than that. It's, it's more complex. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, um, wonderful for the patient. This patient is obviously thinking. They're working through it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's some, every patient has to do it. They all have to go on this journey and work their way through mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And that's where we come in. We, we need to help them, yeah. guide them. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I feel like, you know, I get this picture of like literally. I think it's like the femoral nerve and some bones, but that's it. There's nothing else. There's no skin. There's no <laughs> tissues. There's no nothing. And so it's it's either okay. that nerve. It's like either L L two three or L three four. Now all all we need to do is just throw a little line up north and put a brain on top of it. Yes, we're, exactly. We're somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> anyway, I just thought that was kind of coincidental, given what we were talking oh, about. Nice. Um, so let's talk quickly. Are there any that you know of sort of outcome measures of treatments and, and things like that for people with sort of this central sensitization? No, Karen. Pain yeah. is pain. Um, pain is pain. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought it up. When, when, when you sent me the list, I was very, I was thinking about this, and I read up a little bit, and I, yeah. um, 
No, not really. And, you know, the easy thing is we can go to what patients want. We've asked them. The only thing a patient cares about really is is pain and function. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we need to be careful with pain as an outcome. Um, pain is a very subjective measure, and mm-hmm. as everybody in the audience would know, that the more you ask people pain ratings, the more pain they get mm-hmm. because the neuromatrix lights up. And so I, w- I would strongly encourage people, sure, you can look at pain as an outcome with your numeric rating scales, your visual yeah. analog scales, but yeah. uh, function is important. I think your westries, your neck disabilities, your Roland Morris are important. They're very important. Function is important. Um, the other things we measure, your fear avoidance, your mm-hmm. pain catastrophization, they're not mm-hmm. for central sensitivity, but they're very close linked fear predicts pain catastrophization does so for the clinician I would really focus on function which is one of your functional scales or um, you know you can go I I like fear avoidance I I think Mm -hmm. it tells me quite a bit yeah I like it too yeah but um, there's nothing that I'm aware of that is specific you know this is the outcome because um, you know uh, we have a problem with this with it with the diagnostic labels of things like fibromyalgia complex regional pain Um, people like Lorimer will tell you pain is pain Mm -hmm. Uh, we as a medical community has given people labels well the patient with with all these clusters has central sensitivity and we call it crps this one is fibromyalgia the pain is pain mm-hmm. and um so it's a little more complex than that but i'm not aware of any yeah. directly and and i yeah yeah no n- neither was i um and you know i think the and, and again this may be just our american system of insurance and things like that you know their first thing is they don't really care about the function. Some do, but they yeah. just want range of motion, pain, strength. Yeah. And it's yeah. so difficult. So, like, it's hard to even keep a patient on with you because a lot of times their range of motion is fine. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Their strength and, and is okay. I, I, I will say this, though. I, I think insurance companies are getting better because they mm-hmm. really care about outcome measures like mm-hmm. function, and that's getting better. Yeah. Um, some of the more old traditional therapists like myself, old schoolers, we measure range of motion and pain and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, function is, is important. And, and, yeah. and sorry, I just want to make a quick comment. Um, and that is, it's not an American thing. I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's so easy for us to blame Americans always. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's worldwide. I, mm-hmm. I travel a lot, and I travel all over the world. It, it's, it's getting there, too, a little slower, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's not an American thing. I always feel we, we, we kind of, for lack of a better term, badmouth Americans. Um, it's not there. I travel to Israel. I travel to Norway. I travel to uh-huh. Amsterdam. And pain is pain. Pain is pain. You can go to Uganda right now and open up the Uganda pain clinic, and people are coming. Pain is sure. global. Sure. And so, sorry, I just want to put that out there because I think we often bash the old American system. You know, it's our insurance, and it's our, you know, it, 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 no, it's not. We 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 got the same problems everybody has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what I'd like to do before we kind of have to wrap things up here is I do want to talk a little bit more about the International Spine and Pain Institute. So can you talk to that a little bit kind of um, well, first of all, of course, what what the web what is the website so people can go on? Sure. What is it you do and and so on and so forth? Um, our website is just it's it's ISP as in International Spine and Pain ISPinstitute.com. And um, Karen, it just started very simply, um, for a lack of a better term, it was me teaching some seminars mm-hmm. um, from the original manual therapy-based stuff. But early on, we figured out, you know, a lot of the manual stuff needed more. And, and again, I, I have to put homage to people like David Butler and that influenced me early on. And so it's, it's basically a manual therapy group that teaches manual therapy but includes the pain science in mm-hmm. this. We mm-hmm. merge it into the manual therapy. 
And so um, it's just basically a like-minded group of 18 instructors that teaches all over the country, all over the world, mm-hmm. on pain science in manual therapy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we may teach you manual therapy in the weekend how to mobilize or to manipulate, but it's in the realm of pain science, which we think is a very novel way. Mm-hmm. Um, we are still very manual therapy driven, but we may also very carefully consider the environment, thoughts, beliefs, etc. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of where we're at, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I, I love the curriculum that you have set up there. Um, and my sister actually took Explain Pain with you, I think, back yes. in, like, November or something like that. But um, I think it was in, like, last November. But the other thing that I love about the site is that there are educational materials on there for the patient and for the clinician. Yes, yeah, we have. And, there, um, and we're, some we're are free. Yeah, we're working on expanding it um, just by putting more information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the verbiage. It's, it's the words. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we have a simple little experiment we do with our students. We give them a case study on disc lesions, and we ask them to explain it, but there's certain words they cannot use, mm-hmm. torn, ripped, rupture, herniate, bolts, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's kind of the verbiage we try and put out there. And, and, and so there's some guidelines on there and patient handouts and stuff, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're all, um, just so that if people are listening and they're interested, they're all on the patient side of it, very easy to understand, simple, sort of plain English. Which is yes. great. Well, well, there's some Spanish too, and some Spanish or simple, plain Spanish. <laughs> but you know, it's not a lot of medical jargon stuff that maybe the average person would have a difficult time understanding. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's why it's it's so sort of well done, is because okay. it yeah because it it. As you read it, you really get an understanding. Like I had a friend who had a double mastectomy, and she was. I gave her the "Why You Hurt" book, and she felt better in like a couple of days. I mean, she still has some pain, which is. I mean, she was only three weeks out; she's going to have pain. Sure. Um, but she had a better understanding as to why she was having the pain. Yes, absolutely. And it gave her a sense of comfort, and um, and she started walking every day instead of just sitting on her couch, <laughs> sort of recuperating, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, I, I give you um, a lot of credit for putting all of that information out there. And on the clinician side, there's some great, great stuff there. Everything from, like, nerve glides and sliders and things like that to the different tests that, that you had mentioned, some of the outcome measures and things like that. So, um, could you. you Sure, sure. So, would you mind repeating the... Sure. Website is, one more time. Yeah, it is ISP Institute, ispinstitute.com, or people can just Google International Spine and Pain Institute. Right, and is that the best way? If someone had questions for you, would that be the best way oh, to get absolutely. in touch with they you? Can, they can go they can there, and they can just email me straight from there, and um, I'm pretty good about answering them. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> great, and I guess before we kind of wrap things up, what is, if you were to sort of summarize, I know this was a very lengthy discussion, but what is in, in your mind when treating pe- uh, patients with central sensitization, what is the most important thing, you think, for the therapist to remember? That the, that, um, the pain the patient's experiencing is normal. Um, they're not crazy. Um, we can explain it. There is a biological plausibility here. I can prove it to them in the lab. Um, the, it's real. The pain is real treat the person, they're really hurting, help them, and there's a lot we can do for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and I agree 100%. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on again. And this, I feel like, you know, gave me a better understanding of everything and, and hopefully gave the listeners a better understanding of central sensitization. So thank you so much for taking the time out and coming on again. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. And uh, next week, um, just so uh, I'm going to be interviewing Sharon Salzberg. She's a, a big uh, meditation sort of guru, and we're going to talk about how meditation can help people in pain. And Adrian, I'm sure there's, I know that Noy Group is doing stuff with meditation and pain right now. Um, But anyway, so I'm also looking forward to that. So everyone, thanks for tuning in and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you a female entrepreneur ready to break through? Join us at Sexy Body Sassy Soul, where women are empowered to ask for and receive what they truly want in love, life, and business. Tune in Thursdays at noon Eastern Time to learn tips and juicy secrets from inspiring women and men who dare to define their success. Get inspired, stay motivated, and define your version of joy and success with Sexy Body Sassy Soul every Thursday at noon New York Time on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Are you concerned about the future of your business or career? Would you like it all to just be better? Well, the way to do that is through better communication. And the best way to do that is training from the team at Improving Communications. This is Larry Sharp, host of the Ivory Tower Radio Program and director at Improving Communications. Does your office need better leadership, customer service, sales, or maybe better writing or speaking skills? Could they be better at dealing with confrontation, conflicts, and touchy subjects? All are covered here at Improving Communications. If you're in the New York City area, stop by one of our public classes or get your human resources in touch with us. The website is improvingcommunications.com. That's improvingcommunications.com. Improve your professional environment. Be more effective. 
be happier, and make more money. Improving communications. That's the answer. TalkingAlternative.com.